0: Welcome back to New Books in American Studies. I am the co-host of the channel, Lillian Barger. Today I have with me Daniel Gehry, the Mark Piggott Associate Professor in U.S. History at Trinity College, Dublin. His book, Beyond Civil Rights, the Monahan Report and its Legacy, published by the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome back to New Books in American Studies. I am the co-host of the channel, Lillian Barger. Today I have with me Daniel Gary, the Mark Piggott Associate Professor in U.S. History at Trinity College Dublin. His book, Beyond Civil Rights The Monahan Report and Its Legacy, published by the University of Pennsylvania Press, is the topic of this show. In his detailed and illuminating reception analysis, Gary argues that Patrick Monahan's 1965 report, The Negro Family, The Case for National Action, was neither a conservative or liberal document, but rather a conflicted one whose internal contradictions reflected the breakup of the liberal consensus and its legacy. The ambiguities of the report allowed multiple interpretations from both the left and the right and marked the emergence of neoconservatism. Conservatives used the report to rally against the liberal welfare state and promote African American self-help. Liberals saw in the document the need to go beyond legal equality to aggressive economic intervention through training programs, job creation, and the family wage. The extensive and long debate involved issues of family structure, the source of social pathology, and the culture of poverty. African American civil rights leaders split over the report. The Black Power representatives attacked its white sociological perspective that failed to take into account how Black people themselves saw the situation. Black feminists protested the portrayal of black women as domineering matriarchs and the male breadwinner model. By the time of the Nixon administration, fatigue over the debates had Monaghan arguing for benign neglect rather than national action, believing in an unfolding of progress evident in the black middle classes. After 50 years, the reverberations for the Monaghan report continue as Americans wrestle with the relationship between race, an economic inequality and the unfinished business of social equality that moves beyond civil rights. Here is my conversation with Daniel Gehry. Now let me introduce you to the author, Daniel Gehry. I have the pleasure of having Dan with me today in person. Welcome to the show, Dan. Oh,
1: it's wonderful to be here.
0: Thank you for joining me in discussing your book, which is a very interesting, I think, very interesting book. It brings out many salient issues that are really still in play today, and especially in the late 20th century. So before we get into the book, tell us about yourself, your background, and how you came to write Beyond Civil Rights.
1: Well, let's see. Uh, I, I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, and the uh, past several years have been teaching overseas since 2008 in, in Ireland at uh, Trinity College. And this is uh, Beyond Civil Rights, my second book. Um, it wasn't the book I thought I was writing uh, at the time. I thought I was writing a larger book about the history of... Sociological ideas in public policy. I was going to take span the whole twentieth century, I even mean, as well as this the late nineteenth century. And uh, while researching one of those chapters, was going to be on the Moynihan Report. When I got into the archives, the Library of Congress, this is maybe two thousand eight, uh, I found just a uh, tremendous wealth of materials, uh, not just detailing Moynihan's views, but the responses to him. Um, and I realized that even though lots of people had written about this report, that there was a whole story that really hadn't been told. Um, and that's, that's really how I came to write it. And then I guess also thinking about the 50th anniversary coming out this year, 2015, uh, realizing that there would be some discussion, you know, around the report and a, a good time to sort of assess its, uh, to assess its, its, both its origins and its legacy.
0: So tell us something about Moynihan. Who was he?
1: <laughs> well, Moynihan, uh, you know, he when he writes the report in 1965, I mean, he he's Irish-American or uh, Irish-German-American, uh, Catholic, um, grows up in New York City. His uh, so central event of his childhood is his father. He's uh, from a pretty comfortable middle-class family until his father abandoned the family when Moynihan was a uh, um, young child. And that sort of sent the family into the Great Depression, uh, sent the family into a very precarious economic state. But he works his way out of that, uh, especially during World War II. Um, he, uh, goes into the, uh, Reserve Officer Training Corps, uh, in the Navy. Um, the Navy pays for his, uh, education, his BA. Then he goes on to, uh, get a PhD at Tufts at the Fletcher School there. Um, basically training for a political career. Uh, and uh, was active in New York politics uh, and is then hired into the Kennedy administration or the Department of Labor. And eventually, by the time he writes the report, he's an uh, assistant secretary of uh, of labor. But he's not, even though he did have a degree in political science, you know, he's, he's someone who has an academic background and a political background. But interestingly, one thing he doesn't really have, uh, we'll probably get to his writing beyond the melting pot, but one thing he doesn't really have, and he writes, uh, uh, when, at least when he's in or the 1960s, is any expertise on the issues of race.
0: Okay, so when he goes into writing this uh, report, he's looking looking strictly at economics. Is he an economist or not? He's political scientist in his background, yeah. So what is your argument, major argument, about this report, the Moynihan Report, and what he did and what he was trying to do?
1: Well, so the Moynihan Report, uh, it's officially called the, The Negro Family, the Case for National Action. Uh, this is a 1965 report by the Department of Labor that Moynihan writes, more or less on his own initiative, uh, hoping to attract the attention of sort of policymakers in the in the Johnson administration, which he, he does, in fact. Um, and I'm not sure that there's you know that the, the you can say there's any single clear intention that Moynihan had. I mean, so he
0: didn't really intend for it to be published, did he? Write it as sort of a a career move, like. To show his superiors what he knew, what he had gathered. So, yeah, that- I
1: think it's a, it's an internal memo. Um, uh, as I say, you know, no one told him to write. He decided to write on his own. Uh, he had uh, picked up, you know, certain ideas, um, partly from writing this book, "Beyond the Melting Pot," with Nathan Glazer in nineteen sixty-three. I think it's very important for, for Moynihan. That's a book about New York City ethnic and racial groups. Um, sort of exposes Moynihan to. Um, Some of the issues facing African-Americans. Also, this is a period in the mid-1960s where people like Moynihan, who maybe had not very much personal experience with African-Americans, very little training dealing with African-American issues. You know, this is the the sort of the heart of the civil rights movement. You know, he realizes this is a major, a major policy issue that the Johnson administration has is how it's going to respond to the civil rights movement uh, specifically passed the Civil Rights Act, but uh, you know there are broader issues that the civil rights movement is putting on the table in terms of full equality, especially economic equality. And Moynihan thinks he's got a, a perspective on that that would be useful to uh, officials in the Johnson administration.
0: Okay, one thing I want to uh, focus in on first is really his ideas, what yeah. he thought, and then we'll talk about the reception okay, great. Of, the, of the book, or what became a book.
1: Yeah.
0: So he had. He wanted to. Uh, he wanted to overlook race. Is one of the things that you talk. He wanted to really talk about class. Yeah. But in doing that, if he was going to talk about class, he zeroed in on black underclass and didn't seem to be. Did he deal with at all in his report about the white underclass?
1: He Would does. You- he doesn't. No. I mean, he focuses specifically on you know, reports on on the Negro family, and he sort of assumes that he makes the assumption that. Uh, white family structure is, is fine. It's not a problem. So, um, um, yeah, it's a curious report because on the one hand, one he concerns are in some ways fundamentally about economics and class, but on the other hand, the way that he presents the report tends to, um, r- racialize, um, right.